0: turn to john 16 please in your in your holy bible turn to uh john chapter 16 uh my name is fred tippins and so we do have a visitor so i'm fred tippins so i've been going to Walridge for a few years um and uh i'm blessed tonight to have the opportunity to share a little bit of scripture with you um and to uh to to glorify the lord and that's really what i want is to glorify the lord uh John 16, and we'll start reading in verse seven, and we'll cover some ground. So, but we'll start in John 16, and and verse seven. I'll read just a few verses, and have mercy on you, so you can sit back down. John 16 and verse seven. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth, is it is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you. But if I depart I will send him unto you, and when he is come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment, of sin, because they believe not on me, of righteousness, because I go to my father and ye see me no more, and of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. Holy Almighty God, thank you for this time, Lord God, and I pray that you would get all the glory for this, Lord God, I pray you would open up your holy Scripture to these to these sweet people, Lord God, and pour your Word into them, holy Father God, that they might not sin against you, God. And please open their ears and open their eyes, Lord God, that they would uh, that they would learn and they would hear the truth of your Word, God. And uh, please make me quick with the Word and instant in season, Lord, and bring to mind the things that you would have me to say, Lord God, and. Uh, and I pray that I get out of the way and let you, let you preach if you would prefer, God. But either way, help me with this lesson and to deliver it, Lord God, in a manner that be well-pleasing unto you and edifying to the brethren, Lord God. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. So John chapter 16, this little section of Scripture right here, he is ordaining witnesses. And verse 7 says, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, verse seven, for if I go not away, the comforter will not come unto you, but if I depart, I will send him unto you. and so what does that mean? and so who is the comforter first we need to we need to always look for context, and so I prefer to look for context. so if you don't mind back up to verse to to chapter fifteen, and then you're, you're going to see a little bit of why you're glad I didn't read all this and let you sit down. And get comfortable so you could, so you could listen instead of, instead of worrying about your feet or, or whatever it is that ails you. I know my knees is what bothers me. So, uh, so in, uh, chapter 15 and verse 16 is where I'll start. And, um, and we want to know who the comforter is and the purpose of this section of scripture. Verse 16 says, ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordained you. That ye should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he shall give it you. So the ordination is for them to go and bear fruit in the name of Holy God and to serve him. He is ordaining his disciples and his witnesses to, to do the, to do the work that he has for them to do. He um, trained them for three years. So if you, if you think you're not that great a witness, he trained them for three years and gave them the Holy Spirit of God. So, uh, we, it's okay to need training. It's okay to take some time and to study the word and to, and to ask for, you know, strength from the, from the brethren and to be taught, uh, by your fellows. And, um, so verse 17, I want to look at this. We'll revisit this again. Verse 17 says, these things I command ye that ye love one another. And so he's commanding us. In lieu of what I'm about to share with you, that we maintain the bond of unity together and love and strength one with another because they're going to need each other as we're going to need each other as the world gets darker and darker. Verse 18 says, if the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. So they need to stick together because the world hates us. Verse 19 says, if ye were of the world, the world would love his own, but because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Verse 20, remember the word that I said unto you, the servant is not greater than his Lord. If they persecuted me, they will persecute you. And so if they persecuted Jesus Christ, they're going to persecute a true believer, a witness for Jesus Christ. Someone who won't back down, someone who will stand for the truth of the word of God. And, um, you know, if you were, if you were, if you're not under persecution, I'm not telling you, you should do more for the Lord, but I am going to tell you that, uh, they persecuted Jesus and he was persecuted for you. Verse 20 goes on. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. And so there's a, there's a clue to, to, to sharing the word of God right there. If the word of God is in them, you will know them. They will keep the word of God. They will recognize you when you speak with somebody. Um, and we should we should recognize each other when we speak with people about the Lord. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just be honest. The angry Christians worry me. I mean, I don't know why they're angry. I mean, I you know, and there's, you know, certain that spirit is not of the Lord. And it worries me and concerns me for their eternal soul. Um, so, Let's drop down to verse 26, and we're just, we'll just go through here. We're looking for, for why the Comforter has come and who the Comforter is. Um, so it says in verse 26, But when the Comforter has come, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth which proceedeth from, proceedeth from the Father, he shall testify of me. And ye also shall bear witness... Because ye have been with me from the beginning. So the Holy Spirit is given for the express purpose of bearing witness for Jesus Christ and what he's done and, and, um, and, and his ministry and what he's done for all men. If they would believe and receive him and God has ordained all believers to be witnesses for Jesus Christ. And so what I want to show you. Is, uh, some, some, a way to work with the Holy Spirit because the Holy Spirit is given for these purposes. We know if we go in our own power that we're bound to fail. And that's just a fact. You know, so, um, so the Lord has, has ordained us witnesses and he has given us the Holy Spirit and the Word of God. Um, so this discourse actually starts in chapter 14. And spans all of 15 and goes into 16. Now he takes the, the Lord, our Lord Jesus Christ, takes some side trails here and there to edify and to teach and to explain. But um, verse 14, 26 says, but the comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, when the Father will send in my name, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things and bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said so it's the holy spirit's god to uh, the holy spirit's job one of his jobs is to teach the disciples and so you know i wasn't there 2000 years ago but we do know what he said we have it right here so if you're not reading this book and you're not hiding it in your heart and you're not applying it to your life then the holy spirit's got nothing to remind you about so so that is 14:26 also in 16:13 Just past where we were reading before, back to chapter 16, please. uh, Chapter 16, verse 13, it says, How be it when he, the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth, for he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak, and he will show you things to come. So he will guide you into all truth. So if you don't know the truth, he has nothing to guide you with. So, again, you need the word of God, the sure and firm foundation of Jesus Christ and salvation in him and the word of God hidden in your heart. Study, study the word of God to show yourself approved workmen. So that's the context of what we're going to be sharing here tonight to teach and to remind and to testify of Christ. And this section is um, that He, that the Holy Spirit will with, witness with you. Now, if you're serious about this and you pray and you're willing to crucify the body, the Holy Spirit will witness through you. And uh, and I'm going to start crying. It's an amazing thing to see when you see the kingdom of God in action and the Lord just starts bringing verses and sharing the scripture and 15 minutes later somebody gets saved, you don't even know what you told them. You know, it happens if you're faithful to go and you pray and you're willing to get out of the way. And the same thing happens to preachers sometimes. You know, I've come to myself Sometime later, and going, well, let's just close, you know. (laughs) So I pray that you have these opportunities to see God work in you and through you. And he'll guide you into all truth. So that's the background. And I want to show you these three things that we read in our text. In verse 8, it says, When he shall come, he shall reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. He the Comforter, God the Holy Spirit. We'll do these three things. And so this is what we're going to talk about. Verse nine says of sin because they believe not on me. So Jesus was there. And so remember the context, he's speaking with his disciples. So Jesus was there. He's going to the father. And so that's some of the background, the context. So the Holy spirit is sent to continue his witness and his work because Their souls that have yet to believe on Jesus Christ. And so it's the Holy Spirit's job, um, reprove in verse eight. Uh, the simplest definition for us today is convict a lost soul of their sin and their need for Jesus Christ. It's to, it's to prove, it's to God. I mean, in in his grace and his mercy, he went all out of his way to prove himself to us, though he owed us nothing. I no mean, he didn't know us anything, but he went out of his way to prove who he is and what he can do and what he offers so um so the Holy Spirit one of the purposes we'll prove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment of sin because they believe not on me, so we'll talk about sin a little bit. there are many sins, and I don't think if you're a witness and you're a preacher and a teacher, I don't think we're gonna cite any verses or anything that you know you probably haven't heard before i hope you learn a few things you know that you can apply um in the field and that this is what we're supposed to be doing you know i mean your civilization is falling apart because we won't tell people the gospel of jesus christ if you want a christian country how do you do that you tell them about christ you know it's just really it's not rocket science uh so the first commandment says thou shalt have no other gods before me so, that's a that's a great sin to put anything before the Lord God. And so, um, that now that there's a lot that's a whole broad that's a broad range of things to to bring up. Um, but what is the greatest sin? The greatest sin of all is rejecting the Lord Jesus Christ, having heard the gospel and the evidence of His coming and His offer of salvation. The greatest sin of all is to reject the truth of God um, and and to count and to count God as to count Jesus as unrighteous and your own righteousness as sufficient. This is a great sin, and we're we're going to talk about that a little bit. Um, Corinthians five twenty one says, "For he hath made him to be sin for us who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in him." So God has offers the righteousness of God to be made the righteousness of God to be seen as righteous and he did that by offering his righteousness to us by making Jesus Christ sin for us crucified for us so there so there's the exchange and so we're talking about sin we're talking about righteousness um and so it is a, it is a sin to hear these things and to reject Jesus Christ um, so, keep that in mind, keep corinthians uh, five twenty one in mind um, if if you want to jump around with me you 're going to be moving around a lot i 'm going to read what i 'm explaining so um, and we're going we 're going to touch on these three points, but you 're welcome to follow along in your Bible if you want to. Verse ten says of righteousness because I go to my Father and you see me no more so there's an important important point here, what I think the Lord is explaining. Is that I'm not going to be here. I'm going to be crucified, raised, and go back to heaven. And so the Holy Spirit is going to come and reprove the world for this thing because not only will he not, Jesus not be here to do it himself, but because this is the thing that needs edifying, needs reproving, needs all souls to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ. I go to my father and you see me no more. Righteousness is the quality or state of being morally correct or justifiable without guilt or sin. And so justifiable means you're justified in your actions and what you do, and there are none justified. But if you're seen as justified in the eyes of God, covered by the blood of Jesus Christ? Who can challenge that? Well, nobody. Nobody can. Nobody can. So that's a, okay, definition, thorough definition, I guess, of, of what is righteousness, being right with God. Um, so who is righteous? So that's the question. You know, who's righteous? Romans 3.10 says, as it is written, there's none righteous. No, not one. So there's none righteous. No man is right with God. No man is righteous. And you might be saved, but you still sin. Um, And so we are not righteous with God. Nobody is. Um, So all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. Isaiah 64, 6 says, but we are all as an unclean thing and all our righteousnesses are as filthy rags and we all do fade as a leaf and our iniquities like the wind have taken us away. So remember what we're doing here is there's an opportunity for you, if you have witnessed before, to perhaps share some of these verses, if you want to take a note, maybe not. I mean y'all probably pretty familiar with them um and have shared them before with lost sinners. Um but all our righteousnesses are is filthy rags. There's nobody in here who's righteous. There's none who who is good, there's none who is holy, there's none who is just. So we are we are all sinners. There's only one holy one, and he's the holy one. Amen. And he is God. He's God almighty. Um and so uh verse it goes on. So we'll talk about righteousness some more. So the there's a risk and everybody everybody risks it, especially the lost. They're walking and and living in the righteousness of something. I mean, they think they're right. Until they hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, believe it and accept it. They think they're right. They don't think they have any sin. Um, so it's important to point out that um, that righteousness does not come by our own doing. It's not in us. It's not something we have in our nature. We're sinners in our nature born that way. And that righteousness is not, not something that we um, have or can attain. We're not saved by works. And no, man's, no man is righteous before in the sight of God. Titus three five says, "Not by works or righteousness which we have done, but according to His mercy He saved us by the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost." So there's none righteous, no, not one. Um, so none of our right, none of our works are righteous. But it's the mercy of God that saves the soul. It's the mercy of God and the mercy alone of God. Um, and and this, go, this also mentions the Holy Spirit, so we'll just touch on it. You know, the, the Holy Spirit, when he saves you, will give you a washing of regeneration in the blood of Jesus Christ. Birthed again, that's the new birth. Regenerated in Christ Jesus to bring him glory and serve him until we're called home or he comes to get his church. Man, I'm looking forward to that day when he comes to get his church. Hallelujah um and the law can't save you either so the law is not righteous what is the purpose of the law you know the purpose of the law is romans 3:20 therefore by the deeds of the law there shall there shall no flesh be justified in his sight for by the law is the knowledge of sin so the law of god shows us our knowledge of sin what is the ten commandments it's follow this but you can't do that but you're going to make mistakes it's it's the, it's the law of God, and none can keep it. None are holy, um, and, and none can keep the, keep the commands given in the New Testament either. You know, we all fall down. We all come short. Um, and so the law is there to reprove us and to show us. There's the conviction to reprove us and show us of our need for God's holiness. And if you're saved tonight, our continued need for God's holiness holiness and if you're not saved it's important it's important you know well i'm a pretty good person well no no lost sinners are not and you know i i try to i try to follow the ten commandments i try to do what my church teaches me no you're not you can't do it on your own you can't do it through your own works or your law or your catechisms or i mean you can get dunked back here 20 times if you want okay that will not save you Okay only the only Jesus can save a lost soul um and don't go back there and take a bath cuz Toby will kill us when he gets back so <laughs> uh, so uh and and your religion won't save you as I just mentioned in Hebrews 10:4 for it is not possible that the bull, that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin and they crucified I don't know millions of animals for thousands of years. or crucified them. They they killed them. They, they you know and and offered them to God. And it, and the best it ever was was a temporary stay of God's judgment against the people of Israel. But however, individual st- sin was still on them, and unless they had the righteousness of God imputed unto them by faith in the coming. I mean we have. They're, they they needed faith in the coming Christ, although they had not seen him. We got this whole record right here. We got witnesses. We got the Holy Spirit. I mean, really were without excuse for not believing on the, on Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. Um, so, I mean, the, the Old Testament, I mean, the people who, who believed in the Old Testament, man, I mean, they had faith. I mean, right now I feel like my faith is about this big because I can go to the Bible and just read what it says and I'm like, Whew, that's refreshing. You know? <laughs> right? And I need it, you know. So I mean they had the law to go to and go, Man, now it's like trouble, you know? <laughs> right? So uh so your religion can't save you, whatever that religion might be. Um, going to church won't save you, joining Walridge Baptist Church won't won't save your eternal soul. Um there's no you can't you can't, you know, fiddle with a with a string of beads and you can't you can't do any of these things for salvation. Um, so salvation comes only through Jesus Christ. Verse 11 says. Of judgment. Because the prince of this world is judged now, There's a deep doctrinal truth here. The Holy Spirit reproves us, convicts us of judgment. And um, and and many people I'll just take it aside. Many people say you know they had a fear of hell when they got saved, you know. But what I'm showing you is several things that the Holy Spirit can convict a person about. Of I knew I was a sinner when I got saved, and I knew that. I mean, I figured I was going to hell. You know, I mean, I still deserve it. I deserved it then. I still deserve it. You know, I got saved as an adult, and um and so I had I had a, a long road behind me and and but once i heard sin properly defined that i had offended god and violated his law and that um and that he was he was he was displeased with me and that there were eternal consequences of judgment eternal consequences for this sin believing on the lord was easy at that point cuz i didn't have any rights i had nowhere to go I mean, it wasn't like I was like, well, I'm a pretty good guy and I go to church because I wasn't and I didn't. And so I really had nowhere to run. And um, so uh, and it's good, you know, and that's what the Holy Spirit will do uh, prayerfully in the in the life of someone you're witnessing with or sharing the gospel with or preaching or teaching that they will that they will leave their That soul nowhere to run, but into the arms of Christ Jesus to be born again of judgment. Because the prince of this world is judged. And so there is a prince of this world and he has been judged and found guilty. And, and so when, when you, when a lost person, if you're lost here today, whether you know it or accept it or believe it, you're operating under the rules of the devil in this world. You are not under the, you are not under the rules of God at all you even if you're even if you're trying to follow the world's rules he's the prince of this world and so you can only serve one of two masters and it's the lord jesus christ or the devil and and that's the that's the choice um and so uh of judgment because the prince of this world is judged and so what does judgment look like um Judgment looks like looks like a lot of things: wrath, death, hell, um, the absence of God. Um, so it says of judgment. So look at judgment first. Hebrews 9:27. And as it is appointed unto men once to die, but after this, the judgment. And so that's an important point to 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 understand that you are going to die, um, and your soul will live on in eternity one place or another either either in death and hell with the devil who is judged or in heaven with holy almighty god because you have accepted his power authority over your life and over your soul's eternal destiny um so it's appointed unto all men once to die and speaking of death, Revelation 2014 says, "And death and hell were cast into the lake of fire. This is the second death, so you all of us have an appointment with death, but there's a second death where your eternal soul, if you are judged guilty with that which means to be without Christ, will be cast into a lake which burneth with fire and brimstone forever and ever and ever again, God have mercy on them. On their eternal souls. I mean, we have an imperative. We got a lot of work to do. I mean, they, they don't even understand what they're facing. I know I didn't before I got saved. I had no idea what I was up against. You know, I mean, I figured I was going to hell. I didn't understand hell until I read it in the Bible and I was like, ooh, that's not good. You know, I was like, oh, we'll have, we'll see you in hell and we'll have a party. That's what, you know, I learned that theology. That's barroom theology. You know, basically, that's where I learned it, you know, to hell's not a party. And, you know, you'll, if you think you're going to have a party down there, probably the plan for you is to be utterly alone, utterly, utterly forever alone. And, and you know, the absence of God is alone enough, but the absence of any, any knowledge of anything except what you've done to God, how you violated his law. So that's death and um, the wrath of God. We can talk about the wrath of God. Romans one eighteen says, For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth and unrighteousness. So we're talk, we've talked about the righteousness of God and our righteousness. If you hold his righteousness as untrue, having heard the gospel of Jesus Christ, the wrath of God abides on you, and I did this kind of in the order I did it on purpose, although the wrath of God abides on every man born into sin um so we we all we all are condemned already John three teaches us um so the wrath of God abides on everyone everyone um so that's Romans one eighteen uh there's other verses about the wrath of God, and certainly the verses in Revelation surrounding 2014 um, are an example of the consequence, the wrath of God. Um, so it's important to understand that the, that the wrath of God is uh, is on everyone, and that uh, the consequences are the second death, which is hell, um, and and that folks will die. I mean it's hard to convince an eighteen year old young man that he's gonna die. I mean he just doesn't care and and probably literally he could get hit by a truck and get up and walk away i mean there there's you know young men are designed by God you know for to protect and for war and these things and I mean they're basically fearless and they're and they're basically hard as nails you know i mean we're we're seeing some change in that, I'd like to harden a few of them back up, you know, help make men out of them right Zach, right that's what, yeah, I'd like to harden a few of them back up but um but this you know so this is the truth, so young men are this way, and i I know this I know this um both from the word of God and experientially, so I mean you could I would you know I didn't probably even care if I died when I was eighteen. I was like, yeah no, so let's go do something stupid you know (laughs) right (laughs) so uh yeah (laughs) that is what it is so um so this is a way to explain these things but i want i want to tell you that uh that wrapping up i want to tell you that um uh, that the that jesus loves you And, and he loves he loves them he loves them he loved he so loved the world this world that the prince of this world thinks he's in charge of Jesus loves this world and he loves the people in it and he loves you and he wants to show his mercy and kindness unto us um through faith in his son he wants to show his mercy and his kindness and his love um Jesus died for your sins and and his death covers the sin, the righteousness, and he was buried. The Bible says he went to hell for you. He went to hell for you. He took your sin, and he died for you, and he went to hell for you. And so he's paid all these things, your sin debt, your wrath debt, your hell debt, the works debt you could never pay, the being a good person, whatever it is you think you owe to God. Jesus already paid it. That's what that's what covered by the blood means. It means you're covered if you believe on him and, and accept his blood as righteous payment to God. And so all those bulls and goats that they used to sacrifice in the Old Testament, that blood was not pure. Christ's blood is pure. And it satisfies the wrath of God for all these things. But Jesus didn't stay in hell. And so this is what the what some of this section of the scripture is talking about, which I touched on. He didn't stay in hell. He's back with the Father. He rose from the dead. And he showed himself unto many witnesses and up to 500 brethren at once. And I've told people that. He showed himself to 500 people at once. And they go, really? And I said, yeah. There's like a, the record is historical. It's accurate that Jesus rose from the grave. You know, and it infuriated some even worse. But to those that said, oh, I see it. I get it. He's the Messiah. He's the Christ. He's the Savior. I need him. To those, he gives eternal life and salvation through faith. So whoever's going to come play the piano and start coming this way. So I want to share a couple more verses with you Um it says in Ephesians 4.22, so we started out um, with 15, John 15.7. I talked about that briefly, and we're circling back to there now. It says in Ephesians 4.32, And be ye kind one to another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another. Why? Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. Now, that is important doctrinal statement in that last verse. It's the last verse in Ephesians chapter 4, and you're tempted to just go, okay, I read it, close the Bible, and my reading's done for right now. Look at this verse again, or I'll read it to you again. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. He didn't save anybody for them. He will never save anybody for their sake or what they've done or what they believe. Only that they have faith in Christ and it's God will God save souls for Christ's sake. We're his body, his church, we're his inheritance. It's all for Christ's sake. He's the first begotten of the father, not us. We're filthy rags. Amen. So this is so this is important. And so, I, I mean, I love that that caught my attention the other day. And so. Clearly I have more application to make from that and not with us tonight, but there's more for me to learn from that, from that last phrase in, in, in Ephesians 4.32. Even as God for Christ's sake hath forgiven you. Man, now there's nothing I did. Not by works of righteousness, not by keeping the law, not by religion. I mean, not by being, you know, a good guy. So, uh, so we're going back to John 15 17. You can play, Connie. I'll just I'll just wrap this up. To John 15, 17 says, These things I command you ye, ye that you love one another. So as times grow darker, times grow worse, we're gonna need one another. And we need each other, we need the Holy Spirit who is sent to comfort us. And why is the Holy Spirit called the comforter? Because we will suffer persecution, we will need God's comfort. And so he, the Holy Spirit was not sent to give you comfort and ease and wealth and health. Okay? He was sent, he was sent to give you inner peace in the knowledge of, of salvation through Jesus Christ and eternal life. And so we so I would encourage you to grow closer in the bond one with another as a church, as Walridge Baptist Church, to, to grow closer in the bond and unity one with another to help each other, encourage each other. Um and so I'll just I'll just close with prayer. Um, and I, I just want to say, you know, just just one more thing. And that is that, you know, God loves you, love one another. You know, and that's that's how you'll know his disciples. You know, I, I mentioned angry Christians. I don't know. So don't be angry. Don't be scared. <laughs> love the Lord. He loves you. Holy Almighty Father God, thank you for this time together, Lord God. I pray you would bless these people, Lord, and if any anyone to come, come and uh, and pray or you can pray where you are Lord. Uh, I pray that they would pray where they are, and God Almighty, I pray you bless these people. I pray you bring all these things to mind through your Holy Spirit, Lord God, and I pray you would help them and go with them and go before them and reprove the lost of their sin, Lord God, that the the witness might bear fruit for your holy name, for the name of Jesus Christ to bring you all glory and honor and, and righteousness in heaven, Lord God, and we do look for the for the day of your soon appearing. And we look for the day of, uh, of going to be with you, Holy Father God. But we recognize that we have work to do, Holy God. And so I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. That we go in the power and assurance of the Holy Spirit. As we live and witness and serve you, Lord God. And I pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen.